0: Welcome everybody to the Robert John on the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California. We travel the world, eating local food, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. My name is Robert John.
1: I'm Andrew.
2: I'm Henry, and I'm Warren. And we know that it. without <laughs> Steve, what are we talking about <laughs> was it weird that when you said the intro, I was expecting you to say my name's Steve because I feel like that's just as part, as in, the, the part of the intro. I mean, I think that was the most important part that I was thinking about the whole time. I think the first part I already
0: had down, and I was just trying not to say, and I'm Steve. Right. Because that's what you always hear. But I'm not. Not today. You nailed it. Today's a different day. <laughs> well, thank you guys all for uh, hanging out with us this evening on, uh, this would be episode 64, right? What? Yeah. yeah. It? Pretty oh, sure last week was 63. Damn, Dude. I could be terribly wrong. If, if Bruce went, can help that us that out one, with uh, would, with by the by facts,
1: on quick, it. man. Episode <laughs> ninety five. We really right. went up there. Yeah, yeah.
3: we could uh, we could name this podcast after a Beatles song. Now
2: there you go, because we're at sixty four. Sixty four. When, when and, I do sixty four podcasts, and it's November. It is November second today, Welcome which to feels like I don't know. It feels significant. Especially because the time change, I don't know if you guys were affected by that, but I definitely got up much earlier, and I was like way hungrier earlier, and everything that goes along with being affected by a time change, which I feel like never happens to me. So, I don't know. It felt good to kind of get up early and f- be ready to go at 7 instead of 8 this morning. In fact, the weirdest thing for me is that I, it gets dark so
0: early, so by the time it's like 7, you think it's like midnight, And so I was like in bed at like eight and I'm like, is it only eight? Like, (laughs) goodness. Like, all right, well, I'm already here. (laughs) Still slept in. feels really late. feels like it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock right now. Yeah. I mean, it got dark at like, what, 515 or something. So, I mean, it happens every year. It's not like this is a new thing for us in California.
2: It's like happening, happened since I was little, but it's every time it's still like, whoa, what happened? (laughs) it's a major change. I mean, we don't get seasons out here. So like if everything shifts by an hour, it's like, what is going on? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Although I like it and it's kind of getting cold ish. I have I a beanie on. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. That's how cold it me is me down too. here. Yeah. That's
0: not for me style. Too. That's
2: for, that's for, uh, it's warmth. for warmth.
0: Yeah. I was feeling a little chilly earlier. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's probably only, it's like only like 61 degrees here. But outside, you know, 61 degrees is a little, you know,
3: chilly. Cold for Californians. Did you feel it coming in the air tonight?
0: I did. Hey, yeah. I did. And did you see that Phil Collins is reuniting part of Genesis? Oh, really? To do another oh. tour? With, with who? I, you know, I didn't read the article. I just, oh. I just see headlines and I keep moving. Oh. oh, okay. That way I get these talking points and you're the one that's supposed to know all the answers. <laughs> How am I supposed to know this? I don't know. It seems like something he would know
2: about. Randy! Randy! Go look it up. <laughs> this is the tour in 2022. He All he's sending me yeah. is links of
3: uh, Phil Collins and news about his ex-wife. So, uh, I don't... Yeah, I think Mandy, that's the reason
2: why
0: he had to like join the band again, because his ex-wife just took all his money. Randy is,
3: is really uh, not helping us out very much tonight with the research on this whole Phil Collins Genesis <laughs> thing.
0: Hey, man, maybe I'm wrong. How was your <laughs> week, Andrew? <laughs>
1: Steve is not here tonight because he is filming a live stream for Toto. I don't know if we're supposed to say that or not, but uh, they're doing a live stream tonight. Tonight's their first actual show, so we wish him luck, and we hope the best for him and the band. It's a really cool lineup of people that they got to do it, so we're really hoping the best for everyone there. Insane. Uh, and my weekend was, what did we do? I uh, Amanda had never seen the movie Scream before what yeah and we didn't want to go all the way out to orange county because i don't want to be driving on halloween Mm -hmm. night it's like the number one night in california where people get pulled over for drunk driving she had never seen the movie scream before she has this weird gap in her movie knowledge where she's never watched like that 90s like Cena stuff and she's like wait courtney cox is in this And have Campbell is in this, and, you know, Matthew Willard is in, like, all these, you know, people who just did all these movies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you have to watch Scream. It's the one that makes fun of all the other horror movies. You can't just watch Nightmare on Elm Street or things like that. It's like, you have to, you could start here and, like, see how they all became super cliche. And then Scream was the movie to make fun of that, where it's, like, trying to go against the formula. And it's, like, half a teen comedy and half, like, a scary movie. It's good. It's still good. I still liked watching that movie. That's where they really go, what's up, right? That's where that's from, right? That scary movie.
2: That's uh, yeah. Well, that's the mask, right? <laughs> Scream's <laughs> classic though. I remember being young enough to actually be scared, like, of that movie, and then and then again you watch it back and you're like, oh, there's actually a lot of humor and like, <laughs> it definitely has that '90s vibe to it or it may, I don't even know it. Did it did it come out in 90s? It's like late 90s, right? Like 98 or 99, something. It feels oh, like earlier. It, it was like earlier. 96? Wow. 96. 96. 96. And they, and they got up to what? Four or five of those?
3: I think three or four, yeah. There is yeah. going to be a fifth one uh in
2: 2022. <laughs> wow. Epic. I wonder if they're going to have the same cast or if they're going to have all new people. So the cool
1: part about it, too, is that Wes Craven is the director of that movie who did all the Nightmare on Elm Street. So he's basically, like, making fun of himself <laughs> and his own genre in that movie. It's funny that it's gone, like, whatever, this third generation, they're making another Scream movie, you mm-hmm. know? It, it still holds up. I watched It Part 2 as well this weekend, and it was terrible. <laughs> Any horror movie that relies on CGI is terrible. How was It Part 1? It part one was okay, but it's okay because you get to see a bunch of little kids like interact with each other and cuss at each other and stuff like that. You know, like how we used to really re- like act with each other as kids, but no one puts it on film because it's not nice. Ah, it's like you know, Stand by Me or whatever. Like that's like why it never one ah. is always fun, and it was like half the cast from Stranger Things. Oh, really? Yeah, I never saw it.
0: That's why I'm asking all these questions. I'm not a big uh, scary movie horror movie person in general so
1: but the second one was just a bunch of old people and it's sucking like bill Hader was in it
0: <laughs> i love bill Hader.
1: i do too it was just like what it was so odd it's so much weirder to see a bunch of old people like i guess it's four kids right like if you watch that as a kid and see a bunch of old people getting scared again it's probably cool but as an adult you're like none of this makes any sense I got my scary movies on. I feel good. Cover some pumpkins this week. Nice. Um, did all the Halloween sort of stuff. It's fun. Nice. Henry, what did you do?
3: Um, you know, he, uh, he, he, he's been showing up every week. So, uh, we should, we should just have him on one of these times. Hint, hint, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I'm talking of course about our friend, Adam Ditt. Uh, I basically just hung out with him on Halloween. Um, he was working the door at the Wayfarer and uh I just I just went there to sort of uh people watch and hang out and get some free drinks and do that sort of thing. Did you dress and up? Um, You went to the Wayfair? I did. And then we went over to Adam's house and played pool in our Halloween costumes. What did you dress up as? I was um some uh some sort of zombie Jimi Hendrix thing. I just wore all my, you know, seventies stuff and uh picked up my afro really big and wore a headband and put a bunch of white face paint and uh black uh black face paint on my eyes on and uh yeah. Nice. Pretty much. Yeah. It was very last minute impromptu sort of thing. Did they have music at the Wayfair? Like any there was, a, of- there was a DJ. Um there weren't that many people there either, which was crazy because they Their event sold out and only like, I don't know, like when we left there, there were maybe like 50 people there and they sold like 100 tickets for the event. They sold
0: 100? Because I thought they were only able to sell like 60. No, they sold 100.
1: Um, For the inside and the outside.
0: Yeah, inside and outside. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. That would
3: make
1: sense. It uh, would make capacity bigger. Right. Nice. Did the DJ have some kind of spooky name? No. DJ Ghosty Ghost, or like.
0: No, it was the same DJ they he, have he's, there a lot. He's, yeah, he's been there every Saturday in, in October. Even better to have like a spooky <sighs> name.
1: Yeah. DJ <laughs> Mummy Raps. DJ. Oh, with the DJ, W. DJ Franken. perfect. Franken Rap.
3: Franken Tunes. Franken Beats? Yeah. You, you're Franken Beats. Franken Beats. There. Frank Beats. I, I saw it while working up in here. <laughs> DJ, DJ Scary Guy. There you go. I Ooh. like that. DJ Boom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do, Warren?
2: There we go. I uh, I went and got dinner <coughs> at a place called Scarlet, which is where Robert's uh, now wife works. And, uh, yeah, there's a group that went and got dinner, and then we went to... Robert's sister's house after and hung out for a bit and, and that was cool I've never gotten dinner out there Scarlett's really good they uh her our fr- Rachel and Jackie uh, make the cocktails out there so it was cool to have all their cocktail creations and um yeah um it was pretty pretty mellow it was a good time and then uh, on Sunday I hung out with my cousin who I haven't seen in a bit from Ohio it's pretty cool And, uh, yeah, you know, I think the best part about my Halloween is that I have a, I have a long sleeve black t-shirt that has a skeleton print on it and I don't have any other costumes and I wear it with black jeans and I've worn it for maybe the past three or four years. And it's like counts enough to dress up because it has a skeleton print on it. But really all it is is a long sleeve t-shirt and, uh, I had this like epiphany to go, Hey, you know what? I think like this weekend, I'm going to go to all the Halloween stores and buy a bunch of half price shit. So next year I can have a costume or like something and not scramble at the last minute and then pay you know, an arm and a leg or whatever costumes nowadays, or I can just rock the long sleeve skeleton t-shirt for the fifth year in a row and see if anybody even notices. I'll notice. I'd be like,
4: hey,
1: hey, didn't you wear that last year? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I like that voice, Henry. Sound <laughs> yeah. like somebody from The Simpsons. Yeah, I, I'd like
0: that. I don't think I've heard that from you. I feel like that's the voice somebody would
3: would use to, like, you know, that's, like, the that's like what they would sound like if they actually cared about somebody wearing the same costume for five <laughs> years in a row. Yeah. It, that they'd one to sound like this. Hey. You wore that costume the last 5 years. Yeah, you have to scrunch your face up like yeah,
2: that.
3: Hey. You know. So, you know, yeah. like somebody that would actually care about that would sound like that.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: What about you, Robert? How was your weekend?
0: Uh, it was great. Um, I was with Warren at Scarlet, um, which I felt like was kind of last minute as well. At least it seemed like it. Um, cuz I before that had no plans and was was not planning on doing anything. Um, but that happened, and that was kind of fun to just do something because it was Halloween. And I was going to not dress up and just wear a black suit. But then uh, my uh, my wife decided to dress up like a hocus pocus witch. So I dressed up like Billy Butcherson, which is the dead guy that they come back to life in the movie. Um, and I tried to play that character most of the night because it was weird, and it gives me something to do.
2: Um but yeah, well. it was good. You, you, like, didn't talk like a normal person until until you took the wig off. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. If I want to dress up, then it's fun
0: to kind of get into character and and be that person just because it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> just because it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, sitting at the table, and I was just like, because my mouth is supposed to be sewn shut. Um, so just moving my eyes and weird little, and, like, screaming without opening my mouth like that. Ah. <laughs> In the night? When I, t- I took my wig off at towards the, like at some point in the evening, and that's when I just said, "I'm just not gonna do it anymore."
1: <laughs> Man, you got to do the whole thing when you get the knife and you cut it all off, and then a bunch of dust comes out. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Ne- there's always next year, <laughs> but no, it's good. It's good. And then uh, I got to actually uh, got dinner with the parental units on Sunday, and I haven't really done that since I got married. So it's good to see them and just taking it taking it easy today. And- it was a good weekend, man. It's good. And uh, I feel like I didn't drink too much like I do sometimes on weekends that involve holidays, so I feel great. Speaking of what I'm drinking, Andrew, what are you drinking?
1: Um, so we got festive this past week because it feels like finally the start of fall has actually been getting kind of cold. And kind of cold in California is like seventies, maybe like high sixties at night. Everyone's like, "Ooh, we're so cold right now." Um, And you could see from this bottle being almost gone that we took care of a lot of it. But it's Evan Williams Kentucky Cider, and it's like a apple cider liqueur. So it's like apple cider mixed with uh, whiskey.
0: Evan Williams, nice.
1: It is super cheap. It's like 17% like any other liqueur. So, what I've been doing with it is boiling water and then making uh, maybe like a shot of this and a shot of whiskey and then filling up the rest of the mug with water. And it really tastes like um, apple pie spice, you know, like super fall, super, you know, uh, like all those fall spices. So the whiskey adds a little bit more burn, and then the water just cuts everything down. It just tastes like you're drinking, you know, a slice of pumpkin pie. It's pretty. Oh,
3: awesome. so you're one of those pumpkin spice people.
1: Well, hey, 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 Henry, Henry, without let's calm down a little Without fully admitting okay. it, without
3: fully admitting it.
1: Oh no, I, I'm, I, kidding. I don't. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. <I'm> kidding. say. <laughs> this is more apple cider than it is a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying pumpkin spice, but you do, you do, you said those false spices. I was like,
3: he sounds like somebody. That's admitting they like pumpkin spice without
1: <laughs> coming out all the Never, way. Ever ordered a pumpkin spice? <laughs> that makes you feel better.
0: Yeah, oh, I think okay, I think Jack Daniel's better. makes like an apple cider one too. I'm sure there's. I'm sure almost every whiskey company makes something like that. But, but I've, I've tried the uh, Jack Daniel's one. It was pretty good. So,
1: nice. Yeah, it's good. I usually hate liqueurs. You know what I mean? I'm usually yeah. they're way too sweet, and I'm not into it. And usually the cocktails they end up making like are just way too sweet. This one feels, especially when you put a little more booze in it, like not super sweet. It's just really spicy, and I like that a lot better. So it's almost like a tea. Nice. Hey, what are you
3: drinking? Um, I am drinking a uh, an Ashland hard <laughs> seltzer. Nice. Um, they sell Ooh, these at Blackberry Wayfair, Blackberry. and uh, but they do not sell this flavor. I saw Yeah, that flavor looks cool. good. It is really good. Uh, it's probably the only flavor I actually genuinely like, because the wow. other ones all taste a little weird. Uh, but this yeah, one is actually... I, like I recommend this flavor. I actually... Uh, if you listen to this, anybody that knows the people that are at Ashland, uh, or if you know that they do this already, uh, if they made a 12-pack of just this flavor, I would totally be all over it. Just saying. Definitely. Or just a six-pack or whatever. You could even send them to us if you wanted to. Yeah. They are... They are uh, uh, Check that out! No sugar, organic, and gluten free. Pretty cool. What? Uh, what? How do they come now? When you purchase that, um, it's like a variety pack. Oh, okay. And there's there's two sets of flavors. It's like it's like white claw. You know how white claw has mm-hmm. two types of variety packs? There's like the, yeah. the first set and there's a second set. So this is the second type of variety pack, and this one comes with I think there's a tangerine. Which is all right. Uh, there's a pineapple one, which was a little disappointing, and there's a lime one, which is. Uh, oh really? I would like that good. one. It's not very good. I know, but, but I like it, lime stuff. I think it's better than the the lime white claw. That means I love it. Okay, yeah, then you'll you'll <laughs> like the lime one. Uh, nice. But yeah, so where where can you purchase these things? I found them at the liquor store down the street from my house, but oh. uh, I don't know. Because I've seen them some places, and I haven't seen them other places. so well, Maybe
0: next would, time you go to that liquor store, maybe pick me up a 12-pack and I'll pay for I, it?
3: I could do that. I could do that Great. tomorrow before rehearsal. That sounds delicious. I could absolutely do that. Just remind awesome. me. Thank you. you um, but, yeah, they, they sell them uh, usually places where they'll sell, like, craft beer. Uh, but this is a San Diego uh, product, so you're probably going to have yeah. uh, your best shot finding it in Southern California. Um, and it is technically like a craft hard seltzer, so you'll probably find it somewhere that sells uh, craft beer and the liquor store by my house sells. I have two actually two like small liquor stores that are uh, within walking distance of where I live in Huntington Beach that are that both sell a lot of craft uh, craft beer and seltzer and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, pretty good. I like this flavor. Warren, what are you drinking? I'm
2: right drinking wine, uncharacteristically. Um, Ooh. I feel like, well, this is the week first week. time I've had wine on here, but, um, yeah, I saw my mom and she bought me and Erica a bottle of white and a bottle of red. So shout out to you, mom. And it is this bottle right here, uh, from Oregon. Well, i you yeah. know, Pinot, Pinot Noir. It is really, really good. Um, you know, I think it's very, very light, and, uh yeah, I don't know. It's not super, like, sometimes, I don't know, like, wines get uh, not, like, heavy, but, like, tangy or, I don't know. And sometimes I don't buy really expensive wine. You know, you buy cheap wine, and then it kind of makes you feel like shit. This stuff tastes really, really good. So um I would suggest the Avarian, or however the hell you'd say that. But I feel like it almost looks like you could say Warren. Like, if you drank the whole entire bottle and you squinted your eyes, it might look like it says Warren. It's actually- I think that's – did you just take your glasses off and look at the bottle? If I take my glasses off, I wouldn't even be able to read it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, does, is that when you see Warren in that? Yeah. yeah. He's got this bottle of Warren. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That actually works pretty well when I take my glasses off. It totally looks like that, but yeah, I'm drinking wine and it's awesome. So check it out, 2019 Pinot. What about you, Robert? I'm going outside
0: the box tonight, so I'm gonna, I'm drinking Docent right now. Wow, uh, it's a gimme. It's one of my favorite beers they have. It's uh, I've had it on the podcast too many times, but you know, I, it's just so damn good that I can't stop drinking it. Yeah. And uh picked up a couple cans last time I was there. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. And uh cheers, fellas. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. Watching and listening. Indeed. Cheers. Um,
2: cheers.
3: <laughs> <sighs> I gotta get another one because I just finished mine. Blackberry
0: lemonade just sounds good in general. It's yeah. it's super good. De- definitely yeah, but, my favorite flavor they make. I think they have like a raspberry lemonade, which is the only yeah. flavor that I can actually drink. Yeah, that one was pretty good too. Cause there's some other, or like there's a strawberry something one that I, I just can't yeah, get down. The strawberry
3: with. one was bad. The watermelon one was not very good. Yeah. And the, the cherry one was not good either. I Would think it was like a cherry flavor. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Good All right. old action. Well, one more thing I did this weekend that I forgot about last night. So my girlfriend's restaurant closed down when COVID started and then it actually closed for good in the middle. Like when no one knew what was going on, LA has the craziest restrictions. She finally, after all this, got a new job and is moving on and then put in her two weeks notice. And then she sent me a text message that had this steak. Do you guys know what a tomahawk ribeye is? Yes. Oh yeah. So it's, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, super thick ribeye but it has the whole bone sticking out of the end so it looks like, you know, almost a Fred Flintstone steak and she just sent it to me randomly and she's like, should I get this? The butcher told me and we've been making friends with the butcher um, like every time he has some kind of good piece of meat, like a man to oh do you have anything good behind the counter is it on sale or do you have anything we can make? So she's making friends with him the whole time she's been working there and uh So, to celebrate her putting in her two weeks' notice at the grocery store, which is the job she got post her restaurant closing down. So, she's been there since the start of COVID. Um, We got a tomahawk ribeye. Nice. I sous vide it, which it didn't, like half of it didn't even fit in there. uh, You know, where uh, like I had to like flip it around. I usually never have to do that. And then I was worried about it because it's like, um, will the bag mess it up or will anything like that happen? It was all fine. It had, like, a bunch of crazy air bubbles in the bag and stuff like that, but it was just uh, – I put it in, and it turned out great, and then it couldn't fit in the cast iron.
2: <laughs>
1: so, like, half of it was leaning out the other side of this giant bone, but it, the most of it got a good crust. And um, because I can't grill, I bought a blowtorch, like, the weird, like <laughs> – blowtorch that you would use to make creme brulee, like a cooking blowtorch. And then I finished the bone with a blowtorch. <laughs>
4: and nice.
1: A blowtorch. And it came out amazing. It was so good. I was like, this is the best way we could have possibly, you know, uh, gone out with a bang for your grocery store job.
2: Yeah, that photo you
0: posted looked like it was cooked perfectly. Yeah, insane. Awesome. Yeah, I've never had a. Warren, you didn't you guys get a tomahawk when you guys went to that place in Newport?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've only had it once, and, and it's, yeah, very f- few and far between. I think that I even see it offered anywhere. Yeah. So that's cool that you, especially, well, and, like, another thing is <clears throat> sometimes, like, we'll try to go get, like, a nice piece of meat, but then I get really nervous that if I, like, fuck it up, Like I, you know, like if you get like a real big piece of meat and like, and granted, like I'm, I'm not a pro on the barbecue, but I'm good enough to like cook, you know, various pieces of meat. But I would feel like such a piece of shit if I, if I got something like that and I fucked it up. So it looked, it was awesome that you not only got, not only got something that was rare, you knocked it out of the park with the way that you cooked it. So hats off to you.
1: It's the beauty of sous vide is you can't mess it up that bad. You know what I mean, like yeah, um, it's already pretty much done for you. All you have to do is just throw it on at the end. So I recommend it to everyone.
0: Now and is it since we're talking about it, a tomahawk steak isn't? Is that technically just a ribeye with the bone still on it, like Michael Carroll said? Yes. And Uh, so for uh, some reason, it's the same piece of meat as if you ordered a ribeye. Yes. But with the bone still on it, it becomes like. Ten times more expensive at restaurants. The bone adds weight and it looks cool. You know what I mean. So yeah, I'm I'm just checking because like there's steakhouses where you can get a ribeye or you can get a tomahawk, and the price point is like from eighty to like hundred and twenty, just because of the bone. Um, and it takes more time to cook or something, man. uh,
1: Tomahawks are too. Gotcha. So it's usually just more steak. Um, yeah, and then obviously, like bone adds weight and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. you waste more. And then, when you make a tomahawk thing, uh, have you ever seen lamb chops? Yeah, you know how like a Greek restaurant will sell lamb chops, and they're what's called Frenched So, when you see something Frenched it means they took all the stuff in between out, and you just get this like nice looking bone. I think they originated in France, whatever, but <laughs> um, that's the same cut as on a cow. When you have a tomahawk ribeye stick, so that's like how much bigger a cow is than a lamb, is you have that same gigantic cut, but with this yeah. huge rib bone coming out, you know? So it is just a very different thing. And then it just got popular here, you know? So, uh, and then they don't usually do it at the grocery store. I think the butcher was just cutting some for himself. And he's like, asked her, he's like, how do you feel about ribeye or er, tomahawks?
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the only place I guy. remember seeing is at Solani's down here in Laguna. Yeah. I've never got it. but No, it's not worth getting at a restaurant.
2: Yeah.
1: And then mm-hmm. I, I don't think we would have got it if not for, you know, celebrating this thing. And then we, like, split it. You know what I mean? There's no way one human should try to eat that
0: whole thing. <laughs> should is the key word. <laughs> I also thought, like, the, be- the beginning of your story sounded like the beginning of, like, a horror movie. Well, we made friends with the butcher.
2: Yeah, it was very Halloween esque and then
0: you know everything else happened in the movie i haven't written the movie yet, but that's the beginning nice <clears throat> i'm going write my my i am going write a horror film, and I don't even like them nice oh you have, great. You have to die. Zeke Zeke Woollett said the tomahawk is cut according to the thickness of the rib bone and is generally about two inches thick, so there's that. Ooh.
1: Uh, Zeke and his son actually came over to my house right before that, so I got the text message right after they left, and I felt bad about it, so I was like, oh! No, you just missed the steak! Yeah. (laughs) No, but uh, Zeke actually came over, and I'll be trying two of the things. He brought me a couple bottles of alcohol. Nice. I made him a mojito. Nice, night nice. Night at the time,
3: so I had lunch with Zeke uh, the other day, and his son to uh, where we go, Yard House. Yard House, yeah, over in Costa Mesa. It was nice. Talk about music. Nice. Gave his son some uh, some pointers on uh,
2: guitar recording. Nice. Y- Side note: Yard House has the best tortilla soup out of any place I've ever had tortilla soup. What? Really? Are you kidding Interesting. me? Well, like it's not, it's probably not very authentic every... tortilla soup, but I like it. And usually when I like something it probably means that it's not very good for you. But um their tortilla soup there is insane. Have you had mm-hmm. have you really? had have you had El Ranchitos? I don't think so. Well, but maybe know, I'll your maybe, problem. maybe I'll get it tomorrow and I'll tell you the difference. There's this like thick, it's like thick tortilla soup. It's really good. Probably full of cheese and stuff. Yeah. Something, Sounds something. great. I'm not saying it's well, something.
1: Oh, whoa. Yeah. For the discussion section, <laughs> <laughs> you might have just pick our topic.
2: Oh, wow. Have you guys ever been to a place where you can pick your own cow and your own bull? Like Michael, no. Michael Carroll said. Is I it mean, really? Is that real?
1: real? Just seeing that on King of the Hill, thinking it was fake, but it has to be like
2: some sort of real. I think it was on The Simpsons too. Yeah, is the, the Simpsons. He goes, I want that one. And then they're like shooting. He's like, No, actually, I want that one. And then they shoot like another. He's like, uh, I want that one. And then they're like shooting all these different cows. It's uh, very Simpsons. Simpsons are epic. I've never been in the Midwest out of all the times you've been
4: in
0: the Midwest. And no one's ever offered to me, Which cow do you want? But I'm sure there's a way to do it. <clears throat>
1: We're in the Midwest. We're either eating at the place we're playing at or we're eating in someone's house because we know a lot of people over there. So we don't go to a lot of restaurants in the Midwest, but I miss it. I miss the people in the Midwest and I miss Juicy Lucy's
0: and terrible, amazing bar food. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely been to a place where they're like, oh, yeah, the cows that you're eating right now are from the farm that's like two miles away. But we never got, like, a picture of which one we're eating that says, like, my name's Lucy, which would be kind of an interesting concept. I would only pick the cow if it had the same name as me. And no one's ever going to name a cow Warren, so you're screwed there. Well. You
1: might name it aviary, though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You might think it's... uh, Yeah. 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 (laughs) Totally. (laughs) That's true.
1: All right, Henry. What are we
3: listening to tonight? We are going to listen to a gentleman that you've probably heard of. Maybe you haven't, but I think probably we all heard of him. I uh, picked out a song by <clears throat> picked out a song by a man named Donny Hathaway this evening. Oh yeah, and uh, um, interestingly, uh, he was born uh, the day before me. He's, his his birthday is October first. Mine's October second. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. Um, he uh, he suffered from a lot of mental illness and uh, died at only 33. Um, I think his death was was Oof. ruled a suicide, basically. Um, but uh, he's he's a legend, I would say in uh, in music as a whole. Um, he was a, a producer as well as a, a you know instrumentalist, played keyboards and stuff like that, and uh, of course, amazing songwriter, amazing vocalist. Um, I've always wanted to do a segment on him, and um, I felt like this was a good opportunity just because we're in kind of a stressful time right now, and um, I think this song is kind of kind of topical, um, but in a way that's enjoyable and uh, cathartic, you know? And uh, so this is off of his first album, it's called uh, Everything Is Everything, and the song I picked is called Trying Times. So I hope you enjoy Donnie Hathaway 1970. <laughs>
4: the best daughter got five I can't understand it from my point of view. Cause I think you should do unto others, as you would have them do unto you. Then maybe folks would not have to suffer if there was more love for your brother. would these are trying times. Is inhumanity to man. But what is it trying to do to make it a better man? Oh, just read the paper, turn on your TV. You see folks demonstrating about equality. Folks would have a If there was more love for your brother it would be the trying round. Suntime for the world
1: walking about. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh yeah. That's great. I was looking Dude. at him a bunch of that kind of stuff today. Just 70s feel-good
2: music, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you know
2: uh, who played on that recording by chance? That was... Uh, I have it right here. That was... It Willie Weeks on, on the bass?
3: Nope. It was Phil Upchurch on bass guitar. Ah. And also uh, Marshall Hawkins. But on that track, it was Phil Upchurch. Nice. On bass. And let's see... <clears throat> Morris Jennings on drums. I don't know who that is. Not familiar with that. Uh, John Little John on guitar. Yeah, that's all I see so far. That...
2: Nice. I like how it starts at the bass there. And like yeah. for a second for a second I didn't know it'd go into like that shuffly kind of feel. And I love like sometimes when there's like a riff or like a solo section like that before the drums come in depending on how you feel the groove, you're like kind of thinking it's going to be one thing. And then it yeah. came in with that super swingy thing. And yeah. when that line came out, I was like, Oh, this will probably have this laid back kind of like groovy thing. And it came in with that shuffly, yeah. like, and yeah. then it kind of leans into that uh, kind of bluesy fun. Yeah, that's it's so super good. cool. Yeah. The piano is doing those great accents and
3: stuff. And yeah, it's parts, super, just, just sort of adding little, little sort of flourishes here and there. Love, I love it so good. Yeah, I was listening to it today. I was like, "Oh, they're perfect, perfect song to, perfect song to play on the
2: podcast and talk about Donny Hathaway just a little bit." Yeah, who? Uh, and I don't know why it took me a little bit to put this together. Who is also survived by his daughter Layla Hathaway? Yes. Yep. Who sings and has an insane voice? Yeah. Um, Ridiculous, ridiculously yeah. talented singer. That was cool. Love me some good Donny Hathaway.
3: Oh uh, yeah Thank uh, you. yes yes yeah, yes. that's great, yeah yeah this you know i i I have done like ninety percent rock bands on here, so uh we gotta gotta change it up a little bit here and there, and uh you know we we all listen to everything, so uh figured yeah there's there's you know hundreds of uh uh, uh Second, third tier '70s rock bands I could talk about, but let's, let's kind of hang on this this sort of different vibe for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I like I love it. it. Just like soul music, mm-hmm. where it it like floats between genres, like R and B or wh- mm-hmm. whatever to happen at this point, like after Motown. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and yeah, it's just great. Like, yeah. uh, all the songs are good; they're all tight. You you go like, how long was that? It's like three minutes and thirty seconds. Like that (laughs) happened, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And then it just leaves you wanting more the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
3: That's that. And then there, the it's the fade out thing too. It's like they they use the fade out on like almost everything. It's like it's always getting faded out, and then I feel like that's part of the reason why you're just like, oh man, I just want to hear that again. Yeah. You just go one more
1: time, you know.
4: Yeah.
1: Um. It is a funny like. there's something in Robert John where we oh, probably there's one or two songs on every record but we go, like, oh, we'll just oh. fade it out. We'll just fade it out, and it'll be fine, and we'll just fade it out. And, like, that. we don't ever write an ending for it, and we play some half-assed ending in the studio, and it's never... We've never, ever faded a song out on a right. record. <laughs> so I think that was supposed to be work it out on the last record. That was supposed right. to fade out. And then I think... Um, Which one was it on?
0: Something I think "Old Friend" was supposed to be a fade out, or
1: no? I don't
0: know. I don't. I forget anymore because I know we always we always talk about fade outs for almost every song that we don't have like a like a real ending, Like, like obvious like an obvious ending, right? So like there's certain songs that are obviously like, "Okay, we're gonna come to an end right now." And I think we always joke about a fade out for like certain songs, like like "Work It Out," that like you could fade that out and it'd be great. And yeah, I'm just agreeing with you. Is that I mean, even like you know, there's some new things in the works, and uh, I think I said that the other night that oh, we just fade this part out, but it was obviously a joke because I know we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. <laughs> we never do
1: that. All right, boys. I'm at the bottom. Hey, of- I think one day we're gonna have. Oh, go ahead. Oh no! What one day we're gonna have what a song that fades yeah. out? We're gonna a fade out. We fade have out to on, on a track that we, we release.
3: I'm insistent upon it. We <laughs> have to. There's one? That's my okay, one record during
1: my tenure. What? Which would it be? Well, yeah. So we're writing a new record, and I'm yeah. I'm like, how much do we talk about this? Because I know not, there's not as much as you think. Uh, love hearing about it early and love hearing about stuff like that, but we can't... Once we start talking about it, then people jump on it or they talk about things and then it's just not as cool when it gets released. It's it's a problem. So, when you show too many people too many demos or things like that, and we're obviously not talking about podcast crew because you guys, you know, uh, if you stick around for this, you definitely want to hear the whole process sort of stuff. So, but... Yeah, we just shy away from talking about it a little bit because until it's done, it's like we want it to have this huge impact. When
0: it comes out so what about <laughs> <Peter>? <laughs> I'm not against ha- it. I, I definitely get be- belated. Yeah, belated, yeah happy Steve. Belated
1: <clears throat> Steve
2: Jewell Jr. Steve Jewell from Otis has joined yes. the chat. Our buddy, go check out yeah. Otis. They rock from yeah. Glasgow, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, like, not, like, not because, Glasgow, Ireland. Great no. fellas over there in Kentucky. <clears throat> but I believe they said they played in Glasgow, Ireland. Right? I believe it. I don't know. Yeah, Steve, you can uh, approve or deny that, but happy belated, buddy. We know, oh, Bruce. We know. We know. Well, and you know what's funny is that a, a lot of people in the comments are talking about um, – about fade outs being like kind of lazy and it's like, Oh, what should we do? Oh, we can kind of fade it out. And this is totally kind of diverged, but brought this up in my mind. I remember when I was a little kid, I would hear things in music that I didn't understand. And the one thing that I, I never, when I was a kid, like, and I'm talking about like pretty young that I always thought was really dumb. And I never understood why they do it is why would a band ever stop for an extended amount of time and not play anything. And when I was a kid, I'd hear, like, gaps, and they'd be like, huh? I'd be like, why the fuck would they just stop in the middle of the song? And, like, now I'm, like, you, you know, you start to play music, and you realize there's a lot of different things you can do with stops that make things impactful. Right. But, like, I used to get mad. I'd be like, I don't understand it. You're playing <laughs> music, like... Put something there, like don't just stop. Like it's so weird, and and I feel like a fade out was kind of on the same thing. It's like fade out, come on, just figure something out. Like even take one instrument out at a time, and I don't know. That's that's my rant. I
3: I think they're cool. I, I like them. I'm a fan of the fade out because it because it it forces you to do something different from the recording live yeah i think it's i think it's always interesting like like those are some of my favorite songs to hear on like live records from bands it's like you know this well this song was a fade out so what are they gonna do here and then they do some sort of crazy like syncopated ending or something like that and it's like oh man that was sick yeah i I, that's valid point like and also it's an opportunity to like jam like i hear some of the best like guitar licks or like sax licks or whatever while a song's fading out you're like oh man like they're just going like you can just hear the. Like, like a lot of times they're they're just getting into like a jam on the end of a song and
0: that's when they fade it out i love that stuff on records too but 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 doesn't that make you want to know what they jam to for the next like minute that you can't hear like when you, you like to. when you hear like a fade out and you like you hear like a sweet guitar like solo coming in yeah and you're just like we know like keep going like sure. keep the track sure. going i want to hear what's going on
3: Sure. But, but that's part of the thing that was like, that's part of the, yeah, that's like the mystique of it. Okay. And then it's like, and then in like 10 years or whatever, they release the one where they, you know, they don't fade it out and they just jam on it for, for, uh, 10 minutes or whatever.
0: Yeah. Like you said, like that's what a live performance or a live record was, is for is that when you fade out a song, now you're going to play it however you play it live. And then that's what the live record's for. So then people can hear that whole ending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, well, radio had this one song called uh, Reck- Reckoner off of uh, In Rainbows. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. <clears throat> right at the end of that song, they go into this really beautiful, and it may even be the same progression, but, or maybe it's different voicings, but there's this progression right at the end that literally lasts like, a bar or two, and it's like so beautiful and so nice. And mm-hmm. then the song yep. fades out. And every time it's done, I start it over again because there's like part of me that thinks, like, well, if I start it over again, like maybe that section will be longer this time. And then you hear it oh, again, like what? two bars, and you're like, Fuck, <laughs> I need to listen to it again. That's funny. <laughs> the Reckoner also fades in.
1: Ooh! <laughs> it starts on the drum beat, and then it it's yeah, right. in. So there you go. Radiohead. Leave it up to them to Ah,
0: I love Radiohead. Yeah, me too. Such a good band. I think uh, everyone in this uh broadcast enjoys Radiohead a lot more than me. Oh uh, I I asked Zeke's son about something about
1: Radiohead and I was just like, You like Radiohead, right? And he's like, I don't know who Radiohead is. Oh man. <laughs> I was like, Oh, oh man, man. You guys are talking about you feeling old when we talk to you, kids too. We feel just as old, so uh, that's crazy. I got my topic because we were talking to Zeke, and uh, a lot of it's just about what it is to be like nineteen and trying to make music in this mm-hmm. day and age and stuff like that. And, yes. You know, uh, That's what I think would be a cool topic. So we've all been playing music for a really long time and trying to make a career of it in different ways. And then like have been on lots of tours and just spent a lot of our lives defending ourselves to this. So what would you tell someone? Here's two, two things to answer, right? Like what is the piece of advice that you really might give someone who's doing this or who wants to do something like this? And then what is the thing that you thought it was going to be, that it's definitely not. Does that make sense? Because wow. when you're like nineteen and you go like, "Oh, I want to go on tour and just yeah. you know drink all yeah. the beer and uh, kiss all the girls and you know right, like right. do all the drugs," um, right. you know you just sort of don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Until you just start doing a lot of it, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like this is you know. I thought I was gonna get to sleep in every day and do whatever yeah. I wanted. And it's like okay. almost the exact opposite. It's like I do. I get up earlier on tour than I ever do. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but so that as a topic of discussion. So the first question right. is, what kind of advice would you give to someone? Because every sort of generation, everything changes. The internet wasn't as crazy when we started playing like everything was a lot more traditional. You still like tried to get signed in our generation was the last generation where you were like, someone got a record deal. They like blew up and that was it, you know? Right. So this generation is completely different. Like what we're now is so different than what we did. You know, I'm still taking, you know, classes to get more well-versed in the internet these days. Cause it's just constantly changing and stuff like that. So what, Let's start with the what's one thing you thought of that you thought it was and it wasn't, right? So um, I'll go first on that. So I I do think it's that thing of you don't realize how long you have to spend in a van all day to get from mm. B. Yep. So you have to get really, really good at just, like, being with yourself or just like hanging out and listening to music and just staying really calm in a, you know, not very big space. You know, mm-hmm. you, can't get out, you can't do anything. There's not a lot of freedom to get from A to B. You just have to be there and you have to entertain yourself sort of, you know. And yeah. especially whereas, you know, whatever. Let's say in the 70s or the 80s you have one cassette deck. No one has Walkmans yet. No one's like walking around with headphones and everyone can't be doing their own thing. Maybe someone could be reading a book. But everyone's usually like listening to the same records in the car, or maybe you're talking, maybe you're hanging out or something like that. Uh, You know, in our generation, it's basically like, everyone's in their headphones, everyone's doing their own thing. Maybe for an hour a day, we'll take them off, start chatting and bullshitting or whatever, or listening to the same music. And then we just put them all back on. And so it's a lot of, like... Um if you don't like that kind of solitary like spending time by yourself and really just like looking at the sights out the window it's a lot of that. Yeah. The thing is like you know 10% of a very long day of driving. Um the driving is gorgeous to see like that much of the world in that much detail, you know. Most people just like fly into place. You might fly directly into Barcelona or directly into, you know, Uh, Berlin or something like that but you're never going to like understand what it is to drive through Bavaria and Germany or drive through Austria or drive through like coastal Spain or really like get into the nitty gritty of these really small places of like oh like this is just a rest stop you know or this is just and it's gorgeous it's more gorgeous than anything you've ever seen in California you know (laughs) right, Um, and so uh, I think that about a lot of the country, too, just uh, you get a little more of the nitty gritty by having to travel, you know, and having to be in a car all day and having to actually like earn getting from city to city. You don't just fly into it and you get to be in the city center. You have to see what it took to get there. And there's something about that that's really it's really you have to get used to being with yourself in that way. And then you have to. Like I was saying, you have to earn it, so you have to wake up every day and be willing to sit in a car for six to ten hours a day and just sort of, you know, take it all in. Mm-hmm. There's something to that that I never thought about that aspect of touring, that it was yeah. so much driving, yeah, so much, um, <clears throat> like, thinking or, you know, just consuming media or stuff like that, so
2: I yeah. never I think you nailed that on the head too. Like that's such an important part of like being able to see places like anybody who travels for the most part, if you're going to a city, you're not, you know, you're not getting outside of that city and like touring, you see all sorts of different areas and, and places that you probably didn't even think that you would ever enjoy. And then you're there and you're like, wow, this is insane. So I think that's, I think you nailed that one. Um, I'll go next. I have, I have one, uh, Um, well, when when I was a kid, like, and, and I guess I didn't really think about it, but like, um, just the fact that when you're playing music and whether you get to the point that you can be a full-time professional or you're just gigging on the side, um, like you can make money and, and you don't have to be a crazy, crazy rock star to be a successful musician and, and even musician, I think is a broader umbrella because I would still consider like front of house guys and monitor techs and lighting techs, a part of that whole experience and to get to go on the road, whether you are the, you know, the, the drummer, the, the bass player, guitar player, a member in the band or a manager or a, 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 a a tech, a, you know, an engineer, a front of house, like I said, you can make good money doing what you love. And, and, and that's totally one thing. Cause I feel like when you're growing up, everybody's like, you know, like plays music and you tell your parents, Hey, I want to play music. And everybody goes, well, you know, being a rock star is hard. And it's like, well, that's not totally everybody's, you know, end goal. It's like, yeah, that would be great to be able to say you're in one of the top bands in the world, but you can still, make a successful living and live a super fulfilled life being a band that, that, that isn't top 40 or that not everybody knows about. And, um, and I think that was one thing that I didn't really think of. And like, even again, on a lower tier level of like, I've, you know, for most of my time playing music, I've had to work a full-time job and, um, and to go out on the weekend and to play music, which is something that I love And make a couple bucks doing it and, you know, getting free meals and establishing relationships at bars with people that you end up getting free drinks. It's like, I never thought that, again, even if you're not doing it as a full-time musician, you're just doing it as a hobby and you're gigging from now and then, you can still make a couple of bucks going out to the bar, whereas as a bar goer you go to the bar and you spend a bunch of money and like being a musician you kind of go it's you're kind of like the main event of the bar you get a couple free drinks and you make some money it's like you know that is still again just as fulfilling as it is to be able to fly out to europe and 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 do all those shows which we're very fortunate to do so i think uh i think just one thing that i never thought about is like you know you don't have to be a rock star to really have success or even enjoy what you're doing and you can make a couple bucks doing what you love. Um, even if it's not, you know, the, the end goal and, and anybody I've ever met, um, and I feel like it goes for everybody here is anybody who ever plays music. I always encourage them to play music because I've had nothing but good experiences out of, you know, going down that rabbit hole. And I'm so grateful for everything. So that's what, uh, That's what I was thinking about. Um,
3: I, I sort of had something popping in my head just now, which was sort of along the lines of like, there, there's just always more work to be done, um, on yourself, both personally and as a musician, there's always like, there's always something to improve upon. And, um, I never really thought about that when I when I made the conscious decision of like I want to be a musician like I just I just saw it as like I and I and I guess at the time I didn't realize that it's just an extended version of my initial experience which was oh I learned how to play this Nirvana song and it feels really good I learned how to play this Jimmy Page guitar solo and it feels really good and I want to keep doing this but I never like it's It's hard to explain, but but in a way, I never sort of saw it as as work. and uh, and at a certain point, and maybe this is different for everybody, obviously, but but there there comes a certain point where where some of that stuff starts to feel like work in a way. I guess the thing for me was just the the wealth of knowledge and the amount of of these sort of niche things that you can do to get better at playing music and all these different subtleties in the art of doing it and perfecting your art and how, um, how nuanced it is. It's just such a, such a vast pool of knowledge and there's just so much work to be done, uh, constantly. It's like the more you learn, the more you realize you have so much to learn. And, uh, I guess that was, that was a pretty big realization that I, I sort of stumbled upon as I was uh, learning and, and gigging out and stuff like that. Um, I think when I when I started playing guitar I sort of saw it as your typical like A to B journey thing. It's like I'm not good now and then I'll be good and then that's it. It's like sort of <laughs> sort of naive in a way cuz and uh and it's like as you're doing it you're sort of like oh man this is like so much more than I than I ever would have imagined at that point in my life, you know, that this was going to be, right? Uh at least for me that's what it was um and not to say that it's a bad thing like i love the whole process of it i love every aspect of it and and all the stuff i've learned but i guess basically the whole concept of like it's really like i mean it's it's really like a lifelong sort of project basically and um sort of combines with with learning more about yourself and your own personality, um, once you get really deep into it, cause it is an extension of yourself. And I guess, I guess when I imagined myself as a, as a musician, I sort of imagined like there's an end game and then that's it. And it's like, no, like you have to, you almost have to keep working harder. Like you start working hard at a certain point. It's almost like you have to keep working harder to get better. Uh, cause you sort of reach these thresholds and, and, uh, if you want to get better than you are, then you have to work even harder to surpass that and, and make as much progress, uh, further. So just sort of the, the work that goes into it was, was never really something I thought about. Um, and I love it. Uh, but, but it never really crossed my mind, um, that I'd be working on the things that I am now when I was, when I was first, sort of inspired to go down the path of becoming a professional musician. Did that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally.
3: To I that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And I've gone yeah. through that at different points in my life. I remember being in music school and like having to get in like four hours a day, certain days of right. practicing and you just don't even know what you're trying to do. Half yeah. Time. And then you're like, am I getting there? Am I not getting better? Yeah. So a lot yep. of stuff. And then, I feel like you hit the nail on the head too, where you're saying it's an extension of your personality. It doesn't matter how many times you practice something, if you go into it like feeling scared or something like that, you're never if unless you fix that thing about yourself that gets scared, before you go to play a solo, or Mm -hmm. you go to play a fill, or something like that. Then that's always going to be there. Yeah. So you almost have to fix yourself more than you have to fix like the technique or something,
3: right? And and a lot of those bad habits, uh, like pers- personal habits and stuff like that. Like I like mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a pretty nervous, like anxious person, and um, it took me such a long time to sort of overcome that. That sort of there was always this really intense pressure on me when I was going into a solo because it's like oh the spotlight's on me, blah 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 blah. And it took me such a long time to where I could sort of shed that thing, you know, because it was, because it was like, Oh, the spotlight's on me. Like, and, and that, that aspect of my personality of sort of like, Oh, it's a high pressure situation. I got to do this. And just flopping every time it took, took such a long time for me to get over and sort of, uh, I guess it was really a perspective shift, right? Because you, you have opportunities to do it and, and, you know, it's all, it's all different opportunities. It's all practice for the next time. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was just, I always got really nervous going into solos or big guitar parts or stuff like that as I was coming up and eventually I got over it, but, but it took such a long time. And that was, that was all an extension of my own personality. It was one of my own personal faults that was coming out through the music, you know, finding its way into, Uh, my personal expression through the music, which is really kind of the awesome, like psychedelic spiritual thing about playing music as well.
2: Yeah. And I think another thing that you brought up that was kind of like people don't think about or, and I guess I didn't even really think about is like, there is no, a to B, no. like, <laughs> learning guitar. No. It's like it's like the there's guitar no. is never like like learned. It's not no. like oh, you learn how to shred like you know all these licks and then like you're yeah. done. Oh, I hit the you know I figured well, I figured so it all
3: it, out. If you're doing it recreationally, you know, and you're not interested in if you if that's all you want to do and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, if it if it is truly a hobby for you and that's what you want to do, then that's that's amazing. That's great that that okay. I learned the solo I want to learn, but I feel like like 99.9% of the time everybody that learns music is like, okay, well what's next? It's in some part of their mind. They're like, okay, well what's next?
2: Yeah. There's no, there's no ending. There's always, you're always going. And like, you know, like Michael said earlier, like the pages and the Clapton's and Mm -hmm. the Kings and all those guys, all of those guys played and like, well, you know, Paige and Clapton are still alive, but you know, BB King played until, he, he died, you know what I mean? Because right. that's what he does. And I bet you he was still... I bet you if you asked him, he'd be like, man, I'm still trying to get better. And he yeah. played his like, whole entire life at mm-hmm. an insanely amazing level. And it's right. like, there is no end. You're always, always learning. And there's there's so much to learn it's 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 just like listening to music there's so many bands out there it'd be it being like oh i listen to all the music it's like oh that's yeah
3: yeah it doesn't it, there's no it's not even an a to b like a to b is not even the right category to go and it's like it's like <laughs> i don't even know how to how to even uh, uh verbalize this or even explain this right it's like it's not a to b it's like it's yeah. like the alien language hieroglyphics thing to hear, blah blah. Like, then you're kind of doing this thing, and like, letters are like not even. It's like barely scratching the surface of
2: it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Good points. What about you, Robert. I mean, this might take a little bit of time to like
0: get into, but, um, you know, I was playing in the garage bands in high school and it was fun and we got opportunities to play birthday parties and like small venues. And it was fantastic, you know, cause you're playing music and you don't, you don't, you don't, at that point in your life, you don't even realize that you can get money for doing this because it's just so, it's just so fresh that you just want to play music and you're not thinking about making any money. You just want to play music at a venue or at a party And then you move on and and you, 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 you start doing different projects and, and the first time that you actually make money doing it, you're like, Whoa, we made, you know, 500 bucks tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, if we split that up, that's a hundred bucks. So if we do this again, we could do that again. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, okay, well, this is new um because at the time you're just playing music you're just having fun you're, you're getting booked on these you know you know six band bills at the continental room in fullerton you know and you're making like 50 bucks and you're just like whatever like cool let's put it towards the bar tab since our bar tab's like 150 bucks <laughs> um and then and then you move forward from that and like you know you you start touring and i I started touring by myself and Andrew actually went on, I think one of the first tours I ever, or the, you know, it was probably technically literal person is coming out. It's like the third one, but, you know, just like, Hey, I want to go on tour. So I'm going to book these coffee shops up the coast and Andrew's going to play a, you know, a snare case for the the bass drum and and a snare and a cymbal. And we're just going to go do an acoustic thing and we're going to call it a tour and it's going to be great. And we're going to figure it out. And like, there's one spot on that tour that paid us like 300 bucks. What? You know, and then you like you get to these different stages, right, and I think uh I'm gonna take a little different stance on this is what what I expected being a younger person into what it is now is how much the internet, because you know this was two thousand seven two thousand eight that you know maybe I started realizing like, oh, this could be a a thing that I'm gonna try to pursue, you know. Um, and I think that realizing that the internet had so much to do with that, um, in the future is what I had no idea of, you know, the fact that, that promoters would look at your Facebook likes and that would be a definition of if you will play that club or not, you know, the promoters would look at, uh, your YouTube views. If you even have a YouTube page, um, what that would be concerning how they affect, how they treat you. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing to me is is learning over time that the Internet was changing at that time as well and that people were, were taking in what a Facebook like would mean more than your musical quality or more than who you are as a person and how many heads you can bring into a club if you didn't have the Facebook likes, you didn't get booked. You know, if you didn't have the YouTube channel with the views, you didn't get booked. Um, More, more, more recently than that, it was Instagram. You know, now people are looking at Instagram followers. And if you don't have those Instagram followers, then you're not technically to that level yet, which I think in the music industry right now, Instagram is not as um, looked at as Facebook, but, but those are the things that I didn't have any recollection. Well, maybe they weren't even real back then, but, I had no idea that the internet itself would be such a, a, a dictator in what a band's worth is um more than a band's musical ability and the fact of uh their fan base of just touring. So I think when we started touring we just, you know, hey, if we put in the tours, we put in the time and put in the you know, all that stuff then that would be that'd be enough and it, you know, it gets to the point where you know, it's not like you have to you have to have the uh the backup of like, oh, well, you know, we put in these tours, but we also have this, you know, physical thing on the internet, not physical, but you know, an actual number on the internet that people see that people are looking at to, to verify you. I mean, there's even like a verify sticker still, right? You know, like there's a, there's a, a verifying thing. That's like, no, no, these guys are legit. And I never knew growing up. And when I started doing this, that that would be such a, Thing in this era of being in a band, and I think that's the the biggest thing that I'd never realized uh, when I started growing up and I never thought that was a thing and I guess yeah. it wasn't technically when I started it wasn't that wasn't such a thing, but it's grown into that, and so it's something that I just didn't see coming and and um, luckily, I have these beautiful bandmates around me and friends that uh, that know a lot more about that than I do.
1: It is weird that it's just turned into this thing because it doesn't matter. Like, uh, there's this really good article that talks about if you're a solo artist and you have a thousand fans that will spend a hundred dollars a year on you, then you will make a six figure income playing music, right? Like, it doesn't take, sort of what Warren was saying. It doesn't take, uh, you know, an army of people. It doesn't take, like, millions and millions of people to make a career. It takes a 1,000 dedicated people. And they could be all over the world now. You know what I mean? So uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's a...
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Keep going. There's a statistics on Spotify that says, like, there's more people making a living from music now than ever in history. So we've done something right with the internet. I just don't think people can really see it or feel it because you don't really see or feel anything that's like... uh, There's no record store, so you don't see all the records there that made it, and you understand, like, oh, jazz is still popular. You know, like, look at all those records in the jazz section. You just don't even understand that's a thing now. You don't even see it at all. You don't even see the section. So it's sort of harder to feel that, right? The record store probably turned into a Costco or something like that. And there's so many records now, but we just can't feel it because we don't see it. We don't experience it. So it's like a different thing.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think that also gets into like the kind of like, oh, well, if I haven't heard of a band, they must not be successful and like, there are big bands that we have played with that are definitely very successful and live a very nice life. And I bet I could walk down the street for two blocks and ask 20 people and, and maybe two of them might know. And that's, that's a stretch. And like, I, that's not saying that that that's a bad thing. It's like, there are careers out there. You don't have to be, you know, like a, a Justin Bieber or whatever. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy and you know you get a good team around you you get a good band you hit the road you know you play good music good things will happen that goes into the uh the piece of advice yes
0: and One, really quick really quick i just want to say like to everyone listening to this i didn't want everyone to know that like i think the internet's bad that they're that, that's like the judgment factor of it. That's just what I didn't know as a kid when I wanted to be a musician. Uh, I think it's amazing now that we have the internet and we have all this stuff that we can connect to everyone across the world. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't want anyone to think like that's a bad thing or a bad thing that we have to do. I just wanted to let everyone know like that's just what I didn't know when I started. Robert, we get it. You hate the internet. P-S-A. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I mean I do, but. I understand the useful and the need for it. No, obviously. Uh, let's keep a piece of advice
1: really short because I want to do something right after this, okay? My piece of advice, and this is maybe like a personal thing with me, but I feel like we tried to do a lot of stuff on our own uh, when we were starting out, and that was really my aesthetic because, you know, like in the DIY, it's like do-it-yourself. But what I didn't realize is the power of doing things in teams and really relying on other people for stuff. But I feel like in the past few years, we've sort of learned to trust people with certain things a lot more, and we just grown so much because of that. You know, you only have so many eyes; you can only get so much thing done, so many things done. And I feel like this year is the year we're like, we just had too much stuff. (laughs) It just came in like a flood, and we didn't know what to do with it. So. We would not have been able to do this without people on the team and then giving people more responsibilities. So thank you to everyone in and around the band that's taken on, you know, certain responsibilities to get things like the live streams that you see done with John Hampton and his team, or like Warren's now, you know, helping out with the store or Henry sending his emails out, like really just trying to make the experience for fans as good as we possibly can. And that's like a bunch of people's jobs, you know? So Parker Parker. Yeah. Parker for, uh, he's the guy who sends you all the records, but all these people who are a lot of the time doing it out of the kindness of their heart and they want to see us succeed. So it's really cool to see the team, you know, grow And with that team growing, it just allows us to do so much more cool things because everything's just in place now. So I think people
2: underestimate the value of a team. Good point. um, So if I were to tell somebody advice coming up, I would say, and this almost ties back into Henry's thing, is there is no A to B. So continue to learn and continue to practice and practice. And it's kind of twofold because I feel like practicing your craft is super, super important. Um, but it's also important if you want to play music or you want to do anything in music <clears throat> to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and to, to push yourself to, especially, you know, playing music to play with as many people as you can, Practice, be good, know how to network, and play with as many people as you can because that's where opportunities come from it comes from networking and um and the more you do it the more you realize how small of a world it is playing music the 6 de- 6 degrees of separation is like almost 3 in music yeah. because i feel everybody knows everybody and the more you meet people it's even smaller and um you got to be a, a good person you have to be a good musician and you have to you know uh, push yourself a little bit and 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 always, always learn. Never, never give up that fire. Because, uh, yeah, if you if you stop if you don't want to learn anymore, then you might as well just put it put it down. Go do something else. So uh, yeah, and so that was kind of three things. But just <laughs> just dedicate yourself, I guess, is kind of a, kind of a thing. And don't be an asshole. That's that's like that's just a life thing. But what about you, Henry? What would you say? Uh, to, uh, this Henry? is probably more
3: particular to me because I feel like. 99% of the time, the reason why I didn't do something is because I stopped myself from doing it. And uh, this applies to everything from uh, going to a bar to uh, not eating breakfast to blah, blah, because that's just how my brain works and I'm a crazy person who overanalyzes everything. And um, I don't think I'm alone in that. And I would just say... Uh, just, just stop traffic, trapping yourself in the trap of overanalyzing everything and, and stop causing, you know, stop causing your inertia to halt because you're so caught in the trap of analyzing, um, whatever, why you're doing something or what if you do it and it sounds like this or like, just do shit, just like, stop, stop, just stop for a second And then do whatever you're going to do. Like, stop stopping yourself by, you know, overthinking everything, overthinking and overanalyzing. You're dead. Like, just
1: stop doing it. And uh, being a young guy. Yeah. I feel like everyone from like 16 to 25, you know, can have a little bit of that overthinking problem and thinking that everything's a lot harder than it actually is. Right. Or just like what you're saying.
3: But, or just like, um, not writing something because you're scared it's going to sound derivative or something like that or, or whatever. I mean, there's just a million fucked up reasons we come up with, with excuses to not do things in our brains. You know what I mean? And, uh, and just, just be aggressive in not allowing yourself to get caught in that trap. And I'm I wish, still working on that. Uh, I'm still personally working on that yeah. myself. So, um, but it it's definitely gotten better it was definitely a million times worse when i was 16 17 18 19 i mean just horrible i mean just completely so hyper analytical of everything so uh so yeah that's a and that's a big thing
2: yeah but do you think that that hyper analytical side of you also has a little bit to do with why you were so dedicated and how you became such a so good at such a young age. Well, I think I think
3: it's it's uh, it's energy, right? All of that stuff is energy. All of the whole. Uh, I don't want to get too far into this, but I feel like all of that mental energy you spend tearing yourself down or saying why you shouldn't do something, uh... <laughs> Steve.
1: <laughs> Shut up, dude! <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> What did he say So for the listeners?
3: He said, I tell myself if I don't practice, Henry will kick my ass again next time we jam. <laughs> it's, it's true. Oh, man. Um, right. but, but it's all energy, you know, and I think, I think that's just, it's just energy that you didn't harness for whatever reason, and um, it's energy that could have been spent doing something else, but instead you spent it on, tearing yourself down or using it in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Like all, all of that, all of that energy that comes in your brain that's analyzing stuff is just, it is literally, is just energy. Right. And I think you just need to use your energy in the most positive and, you know, um, self-affirming manner possible basically. And uh, it's sort of up to you to define what that means. Cause it's a different thing for everybody. So also figure that out, <laughs> figure that yeah, out Get out
0: of your own ways, <laughs> right? Figure out what works for you <laughs> Robert, and uh, you. What's it? try shit. Um, my, my advice is simple and I'm going to explain it after I say it, but it's only two words. It's just keep going. That's it. What that means is that if you are going to pursue, this goes for everything you're going to pursue, whether you're, you know, any type of artist or any type of anything If you want to pursue something that you want, then keep going, you know, because every, every career and everything you do, you're going to, you're going to get in, in a point where you're going to, someone's going to offer you something that sounds amazing and you're going to believe in it and you're going to get behind it and you're going to be like, this is the next best thing. And then it's going to fall through the roof and you're not going to get it. Someone's going to, someone's going to promise you something that they're not going to give you. It happens all the time and it happens to everybody in every industry and if you if you take that to heart too many times you're going to get down and you're going to stop doing what you're doing and you're going to stop going towards what your goal is and if you just keep going no matter what that is just keep going until you you know and, and until the day you die just keep going just keep doing what you love and keep doing what you want to do for a living then in the end of the day you're more likely going to be more successful than anybody else around you because you haven't stopped and that's that's it yeah
1: nice okay because we're running out of time quickly because this is election week and I know we didn't want to talk about politics but this might be the last time I get a chance to play this game <laughs> we see a trump defeat here uh, we have to do one more round of Trump versus a uh, professional musician before I have to All right. I didn't even think about that. I was like, hey, well, I could not have- I It can't be Joe Biden. It's the last one. Actually, Joe Biden does have some funny quotes. We could definitely do that game.
3: But we'd have to change the criteria. It'd have to be Joe Biden versus something else.
2: The people of Chicago. <laughs> All right, number one. Oh, God. <laughs> if, you right, laid, go. Go if you want go to you uh, get laid,
1: go to college. If you want an education, go to the library. If you want to get laid, go to college. If you want an education, go to the library. I think you've already said this one. I'm going to go musician. Have I thought I saved the ones I I say? think you've
0: done this one already. I'm still saying Trump, even if he said it already.
1: <laughs> then I fooled. Everyone, again, because it was Frank Zappa.
2: Yes. Uh (laughs) Henry got it. Damn, that does ring a bell. Yeah. Okay. The next
1: one. Before Elvis, there was nothing. Donald Trump or professional musician? That's the whole quote? That's
2: it? Go on, (sighs)
1: Trump.
3: Okay, well, then I'll go musician
1: again. That was John Lennon. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> too much meat to that, I understand. Henry's pulling far and away here. Henry has two.
0: Henry has two, everyone. Yeah, I'm really good at this game.
1: <laughs> As usual, there's a great woman behind every idiot.
0: Is that it? Musician.
1: Professional musician and Donald Trump. I'm going to just keep going with the T. I'm going to go with Trump. That is also John Lennon. Yes. Oh, Go uh, Yoko Ono. I thought there was a pattern there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I had to. You, you mixed up the pattern. Show you guys off. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, an update for everyone listening. I have zero points. Warren has one, and Henry has two.
1: People are tired of seeing politicians as all talk and no action. Donald Trump or professional musician?
2: I'm a musician. Shit, Me too
3: okay. I, I'm going to go Trump That is Donald Trump
0: <laughs> Three points Everything Where? in life is luck Everything in life
1: is luck Everything in life is luck, no. life is
2: luck. That's got to be Donald Trump Donald
1: Trump or Famous musician They, they went Trump So I'm gonna go musician Donald Trump again. Everything in life is luck. I'm coming back. Coming back, baby. I you guys would think the opposite of that. Because it seems like every time he talks, he acts like it's not luck,
0: but you know. All right, so I have I have one, Warren has two, and Henry has I have three. three. Oh. No, you wow. really don't. You only have
3: two. You were behind me, dude. Yeah, I have two. Okay, has three. Well,
2: trying to
1: make it a game. You have to be a bastard to make it And that's a fact Donald Trump or professional musician Musician That is again John Lennon You have to be a bastard to make it And that's a fact
2: So Henry has four
1: I got three now Okay let's do one more One more one more, and if Warren gets it right and Henry gets it wrong, we'll do a tiebreaker. There we go. So it doesn't matter
0: for me. Yeah.
2: You're out, bro. It suck.
0: <laughs> I never won this game.
1: I don't know one Jewish person that doesn't want to have a deal. Oh, a God. Cr- a proper deal, but a really good deal. Donald Trump or famous musician. That has to be Trump. There's no way. I don't know. I'm a musician. Then is everyone locked in? Yes. Locked in. That was Donald Trump. Damn it! Oh, win five, five. five. The maybe last installment. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Trump versus professional musician. I hope you guys had fun with this game. I've, I've Technically, it's only the last installment if uh,
0: depending on the outcome of the election.
1: Yeah. Well. If the outcome is Joe Biden, it'll be like Joe Biden or your grandpa. <laughs> it's like did your grandpa
3: say this? How do you have access to these quotations from my grandpa? <laughs> like,
2: we all. Oh, uh, dude, my grandpa had some good quotes. <laughs>
3: I don't even know what my grandparents said. I didn't, I didn't get to meet either of them.
1: <laughs> they didn't oh, do that. Uh, uh, all
2: right. Well, what do we got coming up, guys? Um, we have, um, some sales stuff that's coming up that'll be announced at the end of the week, but, uh, I, we can talk about it on the
1: podcast. Let's talk about it. Cause it's not going to be available and we can explain it to people who might be getting it now just directly. Right. There you there go. Bit about this. Yeah. We need to keep it a secret.
2: No, we can, okay. we can, let's leak it. Yeah. Cause
1: it's the, let's the, you know. This is how we reward people for listening to the podcast all the way through. You get to hear about the new stuff early. Exactly. So we do something called the T-shirt vault.
2: Okay? T-shirt or do you vault. want the T-shirt vault? All right. So the T-shirt vault is a uh, a new thing that we're doing here where we have um, some old designs that we have that we are bundling in packages. So if you buy your size shirt, uh, we have extra small through triple extra large, you get three shirts. And on top of that, you get a bonus signed piece of unique, Robert John and the wreck memorabilia. So for a low price, you can get three shirts that probably won't even be printed again. So that's why we call it the vault, um, you know, ideas that definitely won't be coming back. And then, um, and then you get the super exclusive Robert John merch. Um, it's a great way to, uh, to get some shirts to stock up your collection. And, um, it's going to come out this Friday, Um, so we are super excited for that. Um, and since you guys are podcast listeners, you know, you could probably use that pod 15 discount that we're still running that we don't promote except for right here. Verbally, you guys can be the first people to get it on Friday when it goes on sale. Um, yeah. And we're going to be running that. Um, and there are some really, really cool designs in there that, um, designs we, uh, just printed for the last Southern
1: that we're going to do again, but they're not available. We're not going to be available. We're going to have them available probably by next year if we go on tour again, but we're saving that design for the tour because we love it. And the yeah. only place you can get it is through the vault. The other thing is like the memorabilia. It's all supposed to be something for your man cave or something like that. You know, something to show off in your house. So your what are? I have a bunch of drumsticks that are like a show, abused and amazing drumsticks. We're going to send out some yep. drumsticks. Have, we got some, some, uh, uh, some, we got set, some lists. set lists.
0: Some, some picks. picks. Um, and then a couple other we... things that maybe be, uh, maybe be surprises for some people.
1: We talked about one big thing that we might do, but we can't talk about it. Uh, one thing that I found is this cool thing. It's on my desk right now. Uh, we did these limited edition laser engraved bottle openers for uh, the official Take Me Higher release, and you can only get these if you pre-ordered Take Me Higher in the red vinyl only. That was the only way you can get this thing. We have two of them left, and I found it. I'm like, we're throwing them into this thing. (laughs) So we just want, you know, the craziest stuff that you're never going to find anywhere else. It's so weird to just, like, put that, you know, directly, like, oh, buy these drumsticks, buy these things. So I feel like this is a way cooler way to go, like, You get some shirts, you get something for your man cave or something to show off. And you're, you know, everyone has a rock and roll shrine at their house or whatever. So, um, yeah, I thought. And
0: and another exclusive part of this whole T-shirt vault package is that um, there's only a certain amount of each size. There are. Um, So if you are interested in this package and you say you're large, I would get on that quick. Because there's only a certain amount of <laughs> each size that we have available for people, um, and so that being said, it's not like uh, you know, 50 people can order a large package. <laughs> it's way less than that. So yeah, um, and then- if you're interested in this, and and you you know, there's only a certain amount of each package that we have available, and that's just that's just it. You know, I mean, once we once we get through that that amount it's done and so it's not um it really is an exclusive deal that we have going on it's not something that is uh available for the masses
2: yeah and they will definitely we will run out of them and um we are shipping from the united states but we do ship world you know internationally so um this is available to everybody um and we're super excited about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Limited, limited quantities, super cool designs. Some of this stuff may never, ever be seen ever again. And, uh, you know, it's for the super fans. You get a bunch of shirts for pretty much the price of one. It's a, it's a steal. It's, you know, just spice up your closet a little bit, you know, maybe even give a couple of shirts to your friends. I don't know. So stay tuned on Friday for all of that information coming out.
1: Yes. And then, We, hopefully, if everything goes well, we will have a pretty badass Black Friday thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, this is cool. The Black Friday thing, you will not be able to get, like, a crazy piece of memorabilia like we're talking about right now. It has nothing to do with any of that, but we have a lot of cool new stuff coming out. And then we are writing a new record. right in the middle of it. We have some good stuff going on, so... Definitely new record next year. It's right around the corner, and we'll be recording that soon. And we're trying to work it out. So this, this Uh, first day, we kind of work it out. We go get something mixed and mastered right away, and just have something to show you guys a lot earlier than we did last year. So we're really excited about that too. So hopefully, you know, we'll be talking about the stuff sooner rather than later. So we can't wait to show you. We're working our asses off here again. And,
2: yeah. Works and, out, so. and with that being said, thank you, everybody, for your support. Whether you tune in just to comment, if you bought something, if you listen to our music, if you promote us to our friends, the support right now for bands um that can't gig is is monumental and and that doesn't always have to be monetary so even if you guys are listening to our music or if you are sharing or even just hanging out in the chat we can't thank you enough for the support over um a, what's been a pretty difficult band for every or pretty difficult year for everybody in the entertainment industry so um thank you guys everybody uh your support is really we wouldn't be able to do any of the shit that we do without you guys so thank you thank you thank you for
1: real Mm -hmm. oh my god like we wouldn't you know it's all the stuff so thank you we really appreciate you guys um we're gonna go out on another donny hathaway song it's probably one of the greatest ballads of all time it's a song called song for you uh if you don't know it you should know it and be good to each other and get wrecked. I've always wanted to say that. Steve always gets (laughs) that. See you guys. See you guys.
4: So many places in my life and time. I've sung a lot of songs. I've made some bad rides. I've acted out my life in stages with 10,000 people watching. But we're alone now And I'm singing this song to you I
2: know your image of me
4: is what I hope to be I treated you unkindly But darling can't you see There's no one more important to me Baby, can't you see through me? Cause we're alone now And I'm singing this song to you You taught me precious secrets Of a true love You're holding nothing came out in front when I was hiding, now I'm so much better, and if my words don't come together, listen to the melody, cause my love is in there, hiding. So time. I was singing this song to you space or time, I love you for my life, you're a friend of mine, and when my life I was singing this song to you. We were alone and I was singing this song to you. We were alone and I was singing this song. Mm-hmm. singing this song to you.